Hi friends, welcome back to another episode and we're going to talk today all about how to hire a second in command. I feel like I could title the podcast how not to hire a second in command because I low-key may have a professional background in how to not hire sometimes and um, for just for just frame of reference as I get into this conversation today, hiring is difficult. It's it's relationships and it's okay if, if as you go along, you make mistakes in creating this relationship. It really is okay and it's going to happen. And I think that too many people get really paralyzed by the idea of hiring someone and then having to let them go because you screwed up and you made a mistake. And that sucks. It sucks to have to let people go when you've hired incorrectly, but that can't be the thing and the reason that keeps you from hiring to begin with. I really liken this to entering into a relationship or perhaps even a marriage. Some friends, some relationships are for a season, some are for a reason, and some are going to be for life, okay? Some are for very, very many, many seasons. So let's jump into it because I'm going to go through some of the mistakes that I've made, some of the ways that I've been able to find success, and I hope that it's helpful for you. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to all my dirty laundry on hiring. That's what I want. I guess that's probably what I should have titled this episode in the sense that we have, I have over 300 and some odd people that are inactive in my Slack account, active and inactive. Like they've been users in my Slack account for my firm and active employees today are like 95. So that's like 200 plus people. And I've only been using Slack since I think 2021. And I opened my firm in 2019. So that if that gives you any frame of reference for the amount of hiring and firing that I've had to do in my firm, and I promise firing, hiring is so fun. It's like falling in love, you know, not really, but you know what I mean? Like you have all the stages of you're in a honeymoon phase. And I'm not the only one who says this. There are books that are written about all the stages of onboarding a new person into your organization. And in the Air Force, I think they call it like the storming, norming, and all these other different things. I've heard my husband talk about it. But you also have the breakup phase sometimes, and that's never any fun. So I think the number one tip that I have for you if you're thinking about hiring, especially an executive level person. So this won't really apply as much for people who, if you're in a really early on building stage, this won't apply as much as it does to if you are in, you're going to hire an executive level that's going to help lead your people and have a lot of direct access to your people, this one's for you. And it's to find your equal opposite. And a lot of it is, that's, that sounds, you know, very difficult to do perhaps, but here's what I mean by that. You have to write down all of your strengths and don't be mean to yourself. I think that leaders and especially business owners and definitely my experience of women, we can name off all the negative things about ourselves. You just tell me which body part or skill or quality you want me to talk about, and I can tell you all the negative things about myself. But what you want to do in this situation is list off all your strengths and then know that those are mostly handled. So you're not going to want to go find a leader or a second in command 
in your company who has those exact same skills because you're already kind of like your cup runneth over in these maybe two or three different things. By contrast, you're going to want to then list all the things that you're not so good at. This doesn't mean you suck at them, but maybe they're things that you're good at that you don't like doing. I'll give you an example for me. I love storytelling. I love chatting people up. I love finding out kind of what's going on with them and seeing how I can help my business help improve their personal life. It really is like a constant up-level conversation. I love that. I love goal setting and vision casting and seeing way off into the future what is possible for us to do together. That's why I love job interviews because you're like, oh, I can just see all the potential in this person. And it's in the ideation phase of things where you don't have to get down to brass tacks. And that's where my strengths do not lie, is in the implementation of all of my big, hairy, audacious goals. Getting down to business can be very difficult for me. In the weeds is very difficult for me because you have to slog it out and you have to put your nose down and do the work. So when it came time for me to find someone who was going to be a great second in command, a great director of operations, I knew that it had to be someone who was really into implementation, someone who really like their mind thinks and categorizes things in workflows and timelines and process charts. Like these are all the things that I am not good at, but they are going to be good at and that they don't mind lending, you know, trending, I should say, toward me for things like what is the big, big vision and I'm going to go make that happen. They like to default to where my vision is taking us because if you hire a second in command who has a very big vision for how they want the company to go, and that's also your strength, that the two of you are not lockstep and in total alignment, which I think would be very difficult to do. It's hard even in a marriage sometimes to be totally lockstep you know, with how you want to raise your kids, for example, much less in, in your business where you feel like this is my business, this is my vision for how I want to run things. If you have a COO or a director of operations, who is really wanting to be the visionary, that might be challenging for you if you're like me and you want to be the visionary. So some of it is, you know, I would get a piece of paper out. I'm very, um, I'm very visual, so I like to see these things in writing. And I do everything on a white piece of paper with a blue pen. And down the page, I'm going to write my couple of strengths, things that I know this is what I'm good at. And I'm good at sales, but I'm not good at finance. I'm good at relationships with people. It's funny how the voice in my head just said, no, you're not. (laughs) I think I am. I think I am. And this is my podcast. So negative voice, you can go away right now. Um, I'm good at relationships with people, building relationships with people. I'm good at seeing the potential in people. Um, I'm good at encouraging people. I'm good at having conversations about how we can get from point A to point B. Now I'm going to draw the line. And over on the other side, I'm going to write weaknesses. Weakness number one, implement, implementation. Weakness number two, implementation. Weakness number three, implementation. And I think some of that stick with itness sometimes where it has it becomes very difficult to stick with something when you don't feel like you see any traction and your second in command will help give you that traction. They really, really will. So I made, like that's my number one tip is to figure out who's your equal opposite. 
The reason I say that it's not critical for the person to be your equal opposite necessarily for other positions that are less high level is because two people can be very good at sales if you're in a sales position. You both want to be really good at sales. You and your reception team leader, they might be really good at customer service and de-escalation. Both of you can be good at those things. And in fact, I would say you will probably want to put on your list, on your piece of paper, make it make it a t-chart if you will and you know you could have a bracket or a third column that says mandatory skills and these are the baseline functions you know if you listen to one of the first podcasts that we have on on the show Lee Hayward who is a fabulous person i just absolutely love listening to her teach she's taught me so much She is a stylist, if you will, like a personal brand developer and helps you figure out how to dress on the outside, how you want to show up on the the outside, how you are on the inside, okay? One of the things Lee talks about and teaches is that comfort is always a component of showing up. You cannot be uncomfortable and show up as the authentic version of you. And I would also say that in a service-based industry like I am in with the legal services that we provide, we are a customer service company. So number one, every single person in the company, one of the baseline things for clothing, it, com- it has to be comfort. And one of the baseline things in a services-based industry is customer service. So you have to have those things. When you're trying to find a, in your initial probably 3 million in revenue from zero to 3 million, you need, I've heard this, Layla Hormozy talked about this the other day, or maybe it was Alex. I follow both of them and it just, they say things that are so dang smart. But they talked about from, there's a certain stage in your business where you have to have a Swiss army knife, a person who can do everything pretty well. Or it's like, I need a screwdriver. It's not this exact screwdriver, but the screwdriver on a Swiss army knife, that's going to work. But then there there comes a point in your business, and it really depends, I'm sure, on the revenue that you're at. But in a, in a law firm, I I would I would suggest that it's around three million because that's what I experienced. You start to really feel the pain personally as an owner when your second in command is a Swiss Army knife. So you're going to want to transition to a scalpel, where the person is very very fine tuned on very specific skill sets, and they have to be the skill sets that you're the weakest at. Now, let me talk to you about some pitfalls that I made in trying to find the right director of operations. And I'm so glad that I finally found her and it's been such a wonderful collaboration. But the first person I had in this role, fantastic, outstanding, wonderful person, completely trustworthy, grew with my company and and really, frankly, helped grow the company from doing about $700,000 a year to when this person left the company, we were just shy of $5 million a year in a two-year time span. So we really accelerated. But that's, again, where I started about halfway through that. I started to really feel the pain of having a second-in-command who was a jack-of-all-trades, but not the scalpel of implementation that I really need because of who I am as the leader of the company. And this, I tried to grow this person into the role, tried to coach the person into the role, but this person really is such a good Swiss army knife 
that that person has to be in, that was the decision I ultimately made. That person couldn't stay in the company because I had to find a scalpel. So in searching for the scalpel, I did not keep in mind some of the things that I'm sharing with you today, which were some of the baseline components for the job have to be good customer service. Relationships are very, very important to me. I do not believe that your company should run like a family because we're not family. We should run like a, like a basketball team. And that's like the thing that I drive home all the time. I'm sure my team gets tired of hearing me talk about basketball. I don't even really know the rules about basketball all that well, but I do know that a basketball team, sometimes get, people get traded. Sometimes people get benched. Sometimes people have to learn how to do different positions. It's very different than a family where I'm always the mom, you're always the dad, we look to you for guidance, and that is that. And I'm the kid, and I think there's a hierarchy in family that I just don't like, and it just it just mucks up the whole synergy of a team when you start calling it a family. So I don't call our I don't call I don't like to call our our company a family. But what I didn't realize when I hired this scalpel was look, this scalpel can implement, but the personality of this person, the second hire for this director of operations position, did not have the interpersonal skills that align with my values as a person. And, you know, I've got a podcast earlier in in the show all about how I use my core values not only to hire, but to fire, to select the friends that I want to have and everything else. So, you know, as you really get into this, some of it's your strengths, some of it's your core values. And if you're not aligned on those things, you just simply can't work together no matter how precise the scalpel is that this uh, director of operations may hold and may, may be for you in terms of implementation. For me, if they don't, if they're not good interpersonally, then they're going to be damaging and therefore ineffective as a second in command because they're going to have a lot of casualties in the way of trying to get things done. So that's that's one of my core tenets. I really want people to be in relationship with me and in community with me in in collaboration toward going for a big big goal. Other people are much more transactional. Other people run their companies in a culture that's much more transactional and that's totally okay for them. It really does come down to in that sense a core value this decision, okay? So those are the those are the three hires. You know, I first hired someone who um, I grew him in uh, from a a within Swiss Army knife, and then I found myself really looking for a scalpel. Transitioned him out, found the person who was a scalpel, knew how to implement, but interpersonally caused a lot of damage in only ninety days. Caused a lot of damage because we were not aligned on values. And I learned that lesson the hard way. Please do not learn that lesson. If you can avoid it, please, please, please. And then the third hire actually ended up being my sister-in-law. I've hired her from within because she was helping with some other things. And it just became so obvious that she was hardwired to implement. I felt very safe with her because she's known me for 20 years. She knows my personality type. She knows where I'm coming from when I say things. I know where she's at on a lot of things. And that helps so much because we, we were able to hit the ground running. But she has decades of experience in running big organizations. It just worked out. So sometimes you're, you're going to find your person already on your roster. And other times you will have to hire outside. and. 
if you can match like her, she's very great interpersonally, but she is an extremely efficient implementer and is ex- ex- just excellent at time management and really loves leading people and loves helping others learn to lead others. For someone like me, who's very visionary oriented, I like to think, 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 get excited about it. But then when it's even time to go work specifically with leads, I might miss meetings. And I think that, you know, CEOs, we're very, very guilty of canceling meetings because we don't want to be tied down. But working with someone like my sister-in-law has been so amazing because she's very disciplined in that she's going to meet with them and she's going to have this meeting and she's going to be prepared and she's going to have a plan, like a lesson plan for how she's going to grow this person from where they are to where they tell her they want to be within the company. I hope this is helpful in the sense of it's okay, like take it from me. I've It took me about 18 months to find the right director of operations. And our firm is going to do about $12 million in revenue this year. So the right hire will come to you when the right hire comes to you, but it completely frees you up. So if you're feeling a lot of frustration, if you're feeling um, like I can't, like I kept saying to myself, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. (laughs) And I, I don't have to. The right person will come to you Please, please don't get in your own way of thinking, I have to find the perfect person because sometimes it takes a few people to find who it is that you work best with. And if it doesn't work out with the first couple of people, don't beat yourself up over it. You're new at this too. I'm new at this too. And so be kind to yourself as you go through this and keep in mind, I have a podcast or a little earlier in the, in the season talking about what I do when I start to feel burnt out or disappointed, or like, I just want to burn the building down and walk away in like a blaze of glory. And it's to stay really focused on like the really far off vision of who's that one person who I really want to help with my life. I'm like, this person isn't even real. This is a figurative person of who it is that I want to serve with my hands and my feet and my life and with my time and my energy and my talents. I start really thinking about that person. And if we can stay focused on him or her or them, we can draw in, keep talking Keep talking about who it is that you're looking for. Don't talk about who you're not looking for. I'm looking for someone who's a scalpel who can implement, implement, implement. The the person will find you. Post it. I actually found my sister-in-law. She's known me for all these years. She's been watching me grow this business. It's my husband's sister. I posted on Twitter and then took a screenshot of it and posted um, on my Facebook, kind of being a little bit ridiculous post about how how we were hiring a lot of people, like 25 salespeople and all these marketing people, and we're going to hire, 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 and we need to fill all those positions, and we are still needing to fill these positions. None of those said director of operations, but she reached out because she saw this is a company that's growing. Maybe there's room for me here to grow. Here we are now some six months later, and I'm so grateful that this random Facebook post attracted someone who was already in my sphere, already within my trust circle to be able to come lock arms, be extremely aligned and 
to go forward together, really kicking butt and taking names. So Aaron, this one's for you. Thank you for everything you do. And if you are in the pursuit of your second in command, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Talk about it. The only way that people will know that you're hiring is if you're talking about it. You're looking for this person. Just talk about them very specifically. You, you will know the skills that they that they need to have if you really write them down and really think about who is this person and what do they do and what is their background and you start to imagine who they are and they will come into your awareness and you will be on the other side. Once you're there, please let me know that you heard this podcast and then I bet within 90 days of this, you're going to find your person if you go through the steps that I went through. Hopefully you won't have all the the mishires and you'll be on the other side. I wish you all the best, my friends. Let me know if you need any help. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The Hillary Show. I'll see you next week. If you would like, please subscribe to our channel, do the Apple stuff so you get notifications because then it'll automatically show up on your podcast app and you can listen the minute it drops. Thanks, friend.